Hi, and welcome to the Ex-Meal Recruitment Podcast, where we share career advice for service leavers and veterans. I'm Rosie Vilecce, and I'm the Head of Marketing here at Ex-Meal Recruitment. Although I didn't serve myself, I'm an original military brat. My dad served in the Navy for 40 years, and my brother is on year 26 and counting. Throughout this podcast, I will be your hostess. I will interview guests, chat with the x team, and facilitate conversations that help veterans like you to get the jobs they truly want. Here's today's episode. Welcome to a new episode of the x Recruitment Podcast. Everybody, winter is coming, I would say, at this point. And at least by the time that this episode will be going out, winter will be coming pro- probably. As always, I'm Rosie. As always, I'm not alone. So welcome, Ben. How are you doing? Hi, Rosie. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Lovely to have you with us, Ben. So let's just jump straight in. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. So I am a middle-aged, you call it middle-aged now, <laughs> mid-30s uh, vet. I, I did 12 years in the Remy for my sins. And then I am now the founder of a tech startup called Redeployable. And we are a, think of it a bit like a dating app. We're a matching platform that helps employers connect with amazing veteran talent out there. Great. I mean, straight to the point, short and sweet, just how I like it. We're going to be jumping a little bit more into Redeployable. And you're going to tell me a little bit more about that. But before we do that, let's go back to your transition. Let's go back to when you left. What was it like? What did you do? You know, the story that comes before Redeployable. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because I, I I always class myself as pretty lucky. Lucky, brave, brave and lucky. Um, my brother's ex-Royal Artillery. Uh, and my, my sister still has just left, actually. She was ex-Royal Engineers. Uh, but my brother had got out of the forces way before I did uh, and got into like sales, cold, like cold calling centers and things like that. When he left, he, he's like, he went up like the, the hard way. So I always knew about sales, but didn't know too much about it. I always kind of passively, like occasionally spoke with him about it. Um, and then I, I was coming up to my 12 year point, wasn't loving the military anymore. You know, I think you get to a point where the social and that type of thing, when you get a bit older, you're not really, it's not really a, it's not really a priority when you get a bit older and, and the the fun and the social wasn't really doing it for me anymore. Wanted to get out and uh, randomly uh, a friend who was a sixth form PE teacher told me that she'd got into sales and she thought I'd be good at it and asked me if I wanted to speak with her manager. So before I signed off, any of that I, I went and spoke to her manager somebody else that comes from a very military family as I like to say and of course in this case it was quite of an advantage for you because I guess you had already the experience so how much of it did you actually plan when you left now clearly you, you've been lucky you've been brave you said it yourself you had already an experience or an example in front of you but how much did you really think through what you wanted to do once that you had left? Was it more a matter of this is a path, is there, I'm going to see where it leads? Or was there some sort of, you know, actually I do want to do my own thing and this is my way to go? Or how, how did you go on about that? Well, there are a couple of factors. Like for me, money was one at the time. 
I was very much, I was money focused at that point in, in my life where I knew, I knew my brother was earning a, a good, a good wage doing what he was doing. He's, he's in tech sales now. So he sells software. Um, so when I went and met that sales manager, he, he offered me a job. Now I hadn't signed off at that point, but he didn't offer me a job in terms of like, I didn't give me a contract and I didn't actually get a contract for like eight, nine months later, but he offered verbally offered me a job. So I went in the next day and signed off. Now, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't obviously recommend, well, each to your own, right? I, I think that's the brave part or, or stupid or whatever you want to call it is that I put some trust in this guy to offer me this job. So I actually then just signed off. And, you know, I started to get a little bit worried close, like as, as my resettlement went along because I still hadn't had the job offer officially through. It eventually came and, and the guy pulled through, but, I'd say it was it was like a perfect storm of things. I wasn't wasn't loving the military anymore as much by any means. Uh, I didn't feel like I was in the the perfect job for me. I never did since I joined the, the forces. My actual trade and what I did never felt like that. My my friend had gone into it and was and doing well and earning a lot of money. My brother was in it doing well, so it's just a perfect storm for me. I think so. In terms of planning, it's probably quite reactive rather than well thought out at the time yeah. <laughs> and that's absolutely fine I don't think that I mean we've had quite a mixed bag of guests saying yes it was quite planned guests saying no I kind of stumbled through it guests saying it just happened you know there is no I don't think that there is a perfect way of going on about it of course and if it worked it worked right that's eventually what what matters but Sales is quite of an interesting one. I mean, I love sales myself, clearly, or else I would not be running a business. But <laughs> um, sales is a bit of, of a of a funny one. It's different compared to a lot of what we hear when it comes to veterans, to service leavers, getting into a new career or something. And there is also, I think, a little bit of a misconception that is at least what I have gathered by just talking to the community a lot. But there is a little bit of a misconception in terms of you know what sales is and the sharky side of it and a lot of veterans don't feel comfortable with that again you had clearly an example with your brother but how how was it for you to to have such a switch anyway towards that type of niche that type of field like sales in terms of your own mindset I mean not only the experience but also like your own mindset around it it was interesting because my first gig you know, I got a lot of people took uh, took the mick out of me for what I did. You know, I was an aircraft engineer in the military, in the army, and I went and sold photocopiers in London for 18 months. And uh, I obviously got a little bit of stick uh, from from the lads and masses about that. Um, but actually, that gave me a look into the good and the bad of sales. So I started to get a real understanding of what a bad salesperson is and what a good salesperson is. Um, how you how you consultatively sell like it's not about pushing pushing things or throwing things down people's necks it's it's, uh, it's about understanding people's challenges and 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 like coming up with a solution and and figuring stuff out with a customer building that trust you know that rapport uh, being personable you know doing the things you say you're going to do there's a lot of a lot of things that make up a good salesperson so that first 18 months for me I had that still that label of salesperson. I still thought that that a lot of people think now it's like, oh, you know, I don't want to be called a salesperson. Like I've I've met bad salespeople and I don't want to be one of them. 
But actually, the more you get into it, the more you understand that the reason why good salespeople, especially in tech, get paid a lot of money is because it's very consult- it's consultative. It's not ramming, you know, numbers and quotes and pushing things down people's throats. It's it's, it's a bit of an art, is what yeah. I would say. So that yeah. first 18 month, I'm really pleased I went into that type of industry because it gave me the good and the bad to then move on in my career. Why would you say that a veteran or an, or a service lever can be good at sales? What are the advantages or, I don't know, what are the, the, the skills that they already have that they can apply to sales? There's a lot, there'll be a lot, lot of like buzzwords here, but I'm going to go with it because, because it, you know, it's all true. I went deep on sales after I got into it and started to do better. So I, I progressed into software sales and did pretty well and ended up a head of sales at a software company in London. But the reason why I think I did so well in a short space of time is because I obsessed over it. So I've got a ton of books behind me of all different kind of sales methodologies, sales processes, psychology, stoicism, because you've got to be pretty calm and chill um, in, in, in the, in the kind of in sales. Um, From a military perspective, you can pull out a ton of things. If you start to think about it, that communication is, is, is obviously, is obviously one, uh how you how you communicate not only uh you know how you speak but actually how you speak up and down you're speaking to users so if you're selling a in a kind of a complex software solution you're not just selling you're not selling to the c suite you're not selling to the ceo especially if you're selling enterprise you're selling to mid mid managers you're selling to the users you you're bringing software engineers in to speak to the users you're then speaking to the c suite you're then bringing your c-suite in to meet their c-suite you know there there are so many different types of people that you've got to engage with and if you think about that in the military that's speaking to the ceo that's speaking to you know a private that's speaking to if you're sergeant other sergeants that's speaking to you you know there's a ton of different people when a brigadier comes to camp or whatever it is so there's that that comes but then speaking up and down is um is really important in sales then things like people take for granted but work ethic it's not a nine to five. If you want, especially if you want to do well, I never had the mentality that I want to hit hundred percent of my target. I want to hit, how do I hit 200% of my target? Cause at that moment in time, I was like, it took me 12 years to earn 38 grand as a sergeant. How can I go on and, you know, how can I go on and a lot more money so we can build a better life? I live, I live not far outside of London. It was an important factor in my, at that time. We were thinking about a family. We wanted a bigger house. So it's like, how can I become as efficient as possible? Can I learn this trade as quickly as possible to earn as much money as possible? So, you know, that work ethic, the more you put in, the more you get out, the the more you the more you refine and think about your processes and make yourself more efficient, the more you can do in a day, the more the more that you can sell. Um, so you say that work ethic is really, really, really important. And then I'd say the final one that I, I always come back to is empathy. And actually, genuinely giving a shit about the customer and 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 understanding it from their perspective. A lot of people forget about that. If you if you genuinely care and you genuinely want to you want to help them, that shines through, and that will lead to you earning more money and getting the sales and hitting your targets. But actually, going into these conversations and genuinely caring about people, I think is is a big one. And I think empathy is is a trait that people have in the military. Maybe not with their friends; they're not as empathetic with their friends. But actually dealing with other people, communities, whatever it is, you know, generally people are empathetic. So, And there is also a component, I think, of 
being ambitious um, and probably a high performer as well. I mean, a lot of people in sales do need to have that certain drive. You said it yourself for you was maybe the money or the fact that you wanted to have a better life as a family or, you know, just hit a certain level of, of in your career, let's say, uh, that would exceed what you had done in the previous 12 years. But there is definitely also a component of high performance, isn't it? A hundred percent and a competitiveness about people. I think that's important as well because you is if you're in the sales world, there's no getting away from where you are compared to your peers. You can't hide. It's why you it's why you get paid good money because it's not a lot of people don't want to operate like that. They don't want to op- operate to commission based, you know, salaries. They don't want to be on a, a leaderboard. They don't want it their performance to be completely visible to the whole organization. Like that's not nice to some people. So that competitiveness, I always thought, and in that first gig, you could see in my first gig, you could see who was top. And I was like, how do I, how do I get to that? How do we, how do I beat these people? And, you know, some of these people have been doing, they've been in the, in the, in the, in the industry for 30 years, so 30 years of, of practice. And I'm there like three months in, four months, five months in thinking about how you can beat them. And, you know, some of them you can't beat, you, you've got it's time, right? Time, time. And, and experience gets you there but yeah I'd say yeah high performance competitiveness I think are really important what do you think are the challenges for a veteran instead if they want to go into sales what could hold them back or what could be a bit of a yeah of a bump in the road let's say that they would have to overcome or maybe there is something that you think okay if you are like that just do not go into sales or risk I always, we always, we speak to a lot of vets now in service leavers and we always tell them not to undersell themselves from a financial perspective. Like start to think about what you bring into the business, start to understand how your skills translate into their world and start to compare some of your past experiences to the experiences, types of experiences that you think the employer is going to be looking for. But for me, I took a, I took a 14K hit on my base salary. So I went from 38K to 24K base salary. Uh, we uh, we just got our first house, or I think we're a year into our first house. But I, I'd been told about the commission you could earn, so I actually then went on to I think like first year double my army salary through commission. But like the the risk there, some people aren't they're going to be like not. I'm not saying people should jump to 24k. By the way, like I don't <laughs> no. think that I think that's super low. Uh, like I know the averages in tech sales, and you're looking at. I mean, 28, 28 to 45, 50 in some cases, base salary plus comp. So my, my mine was mega low and I wouldn't advise people to 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 jump into that unless it's a, a good a good gig where you've got people who you know in there that are doing well. Uh, but yeah, I'd say that's a, a stumbling block for a lot of people is like being having to take that hit from a base perspective without the guarantee of the commission. Um, so it's, it, I think you've got to be, You've got to have that risk mentality a little bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And just be ready in a way also to start all over again. And I think that is personally one of the things that I find always very fascinating and so important about all the stories that we tell here on the podcast is you can always start again. So you can leave a career that was very, very different. And now you're into something completely at the opposite end of the spectrum and that is okay. You can always start again, but of course, you need to start again 
on your own terms you need to be very confident with for example if it is a salary hit then to say hey okay I'm okay with that I know that this might um, give me more in the long term but I know that now this is going to be just a, a step lower compared to where I am right now or that can be with your skills or with something else but it is always about you can start again and you can build something if you wanted to and you got the skills right yes I, I, and also I think there are a lot of variables to this as well like if, if I when I reflect on my time that first the first gig that I was in at, at Rico my manager made me feel like I could go and do anything and it it was fine if I failed because he'd support me. I never got I never got shit shit from above. He always used to protect us, and he used to make you feel like just go and do it. Just go and, just go and commit to it. Don't worry about you know. Don't worry about failing or losing that deal. You know you'll figure it out. You'll learn as long as you learn quick. And I think that's another thing that people need to consider is like what what at face value the organization of that. If, I don't know what they are like Glassdoor. What it, it's probably not the most amazing company to go and work for. They're not like, you know, Google or whoever it is, but actually that manager gave me that, gave me the ability to, to, to go and, I don't know, fail, fail to learn quickly. So I, I don't know how people, obviously you'd be meeting managers, but I'd, I'd also give people that advice is when you're with the hiring manager, you know, what, what's the vibe? Like what, what's your feeling? Don't just jump into it just because there's an opportunity start to think about, well, do I want to be managed by this person? Is this person going to protect me? Am I going to learn from this person? You know, people overpay, yeah. right? Sometimes it's like that people overpay. So that's a very good point. Let's fast forward a little bit now. So you're in sales, you're doing all the right steps to grow your skills. You're making clearly quite some money. What is that moment where you think, okay, redeployable? I'm going to go ahead, do my own thing. This is what I want. What happened? How did it go? Well, um, I got into software, did one role, promoted to senior AE, did that role, followed somebody from that company to a head of sales role at a software company. So I, it wasn't a case of just starting redeployable. I went through a lot of experiences. I went through working for a massive company to working through to a, for a 1,500-person global software company to working at a 30-person startup. And then becoming more senior within those organizations. So then I was working with founders in the startup world. And that gave me that. Um, someone's, someone's talking to me the other day about why more vets don't go and start tech businesses. Or, and I was saying that I think it's because you're a, you're a product of your environment. You, how do you know if you haven't been in the environment to have the confidence to say, I, I can go and do that. So it's, I think there's a couple of things there that uh, that there's experiences that you have to go through to get to the point of then going, I want to start my own business. I mean, what what was it with yourself, Rosie? Like, what made you start your own business? Yeah, that, it's a very good question. I think it was, I just, well, I just really always wanted to do my own thing. And I had been actually in a startup environment for pretty much most of my career. So fast paced, very intense, a lot of alpha, alpha males as well. I also say that. Um, and I just did not stand for that. So I thought, you know what, fuck all of this shit. I'm going to do my <laughs> own thing and uh, I'm going to make my own rules. And I knew that it was a risk. That is where the risk, I think, is also a bit the same of what you're describing with sales. 
but I thought, you know, I've been uh, a marketing manager before. At one point, I'll uh, I'll get to that level again, even if I have to start from zero. You also understand you're just talking about like the corporate world and like what you found. I resigned to go to another place, uh, and I, I had a lot of. I worked up to my last day. I did a deal on uh, on my last day of employment. So I'd literally supposed to give my laptop back. I did it at 6 p.m. with this wine company, selling software to this wine company. And then the company owed me a lot of money, like a lot of commission. And um, and then I got a message saying they were only going to pay me, and I'm talking a lot, significant amounts of money. They were only going to pay me like a third of it. That was it. And it, that experience to me is like I, I, I saw a lot of people who quit and then down tools and don't do anything. I literally put all my graft in to get to it, I wanted to do 100% of my yearly target in 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 the time I was there. I did it in like five and a half months. So I did all my target in five and a half months for a year. Got got to this point where I was like, right, I've got a ton of commission, great. And then got and then got seen off with that. So it's like all these things that lead you towards going, well, you just said there, fuck it. Like, I can go and do this myself. I want to go and do this myself. It's not as simple as just quitting the army or quitting the Navy or quitting the RAF and saying, I'm going to stop my own thing. I think... There's value to going to carve your way in the corporate world to understand what you like and don't like and then going to do something. Yeah, and I think you you got it there. And I also always say, I mean, disclaimer, do not go into business ownership or entrepreneurship if you are not 100% sure because it's tough. It can be a roller coaster and it is quite of a way in the beginning, especially. So I always say just really think about it. So people who, who are listening to this, just don't think now, okay, that's it. I'm so done. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. It's not as simple as that, please. Um, don't take don't take maybe our examples too much, too hard. You know, really... Carnage. Yeah. It's, it's carnage. carnage. Exactly. Yeah, it, it is, is pretty carnage. much what it is. But again, it leads you to do something that eventually you knew, again, it was going to be done on your own terms. And tell us a little bit more about Redeployable. So how did you come up with the idea? Clearly, you knew that you wanted to do your own thing. You knew that you could do something yourself. But why Redeployable? How did that idea specifically come to be? Well, all the theme we've talked about a lot now about money. And it, was get, and it became it came to a point where we were like super comfortable. Way more, by the way, business on being a business owner, way more comfortable than I am now running my own business. By the way, business owners, you're not you know you're not getting paid the same as when you're in corp, corporate world. But I was getting to a point where the money, like we're not we haven't got like a flush family. I'm not looking to buy like stupid things. We don't buy stupid watches and stuff. It's not we want just wanted a nice comfortable life. And, and we're getting to that and, and I, I was doing better and we were earning more money and it just became less meaningful for me, to be honest. And I, I, I was like, I didn't, I needed a little bit more purpose in what I was doing. Um, and what I found is that I was giving a lot of my friends advice on how to get into the tech world specifically. So we were, you know, just general advice, pointing them to my network, just get, giving them help, giving them support because none of them knew what sales was. So I was going into the sales role. Everyone was taking the, taking the piss. Then they saw me doing better. Then they start asking questions. Then you see you do better. And then more people asking questions. So I, try, I just tried to start opening people's eyes to like the opportunity that was out there. You know, and I've got a lot of friends in in the industry now. Um, and, then, and then I looked at like my transition with C CTP and and you know what what I was offered and the guidance I was given was more broad it wasn't very specific so I just thought that there must be a better way 
there must be a better way to help connect a ton of the people that are in in the community to this these amazing jobs so that was it like how can how can we get 5000 people into tech in the next 5 years like that's the that's the mission um so i love that i love that and how do you guys operate exactly again let's i mean clearly our listeners uh, know very well what xmail does and how it works with a recruitment company but how do you guys operate specifically what can they expect if somebody says okay i want to go into tech redeploy was in front of me what happens how does it work yeah i mean we're still very much in start we haven't been around as long as xmail so we've just raised we've just raised our first funding round we've just launched our tech i mean at the moment we've got a platform that's two-sided so veterans on one side and service leavers as well so I'll, i'll come back to that and then employers on the other and what we're doing is creating fundamentally a marketplace of awesome opportunity for vets and service leavers to connect with employers they can and think of it what i said the dating app at the beginning but think of it like we look at your preference preferences your experiences and then we give you job cards based on on those things and match you to jobs a bit like a swipe left swipe right um and we you know it's designed beautifully it's easy to use we're iterating all the time it's it's definitely not finished but um so that's that's kind of how, how they operate they come on the website they can click through to the platform they can leave their information they can match to jobs and they can apply directly and chat directly with employers on the platform this sounds really good and I love the it sounds very easy as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it sounds, oh yeah, yeah, everybody can just go on there, just do it, sign up, just as simple as that. Swipe right, swipe yeah. left, done. I love that. And again, like I want to uh focus a little bit more about the why would somebody say tech is right for me? Why would you say to somebody that maybe has gotten not a lot of experience, maybe they do come from still like a technical Pepper role within the forces but maybe they don't but they might feel a little bit of an attraction to it what would you say to them in terms of hey yeah this is the way to go or this is right for you start i'd say start to think of tech in the same way as you think of the military whereas i say this to employers all the time even a sergeant in the remit which i was and another sergeant in the remit although they're in the same corps they're the same rank They've done very different things. If they look at them as individuals rather than, you know, this person was a sergeant, they earned 38K if that's what you get paid now. And this is the Royal Electrical and Mechanical Engineers and this is what you do in this core. Like, they are vastly different people. So then when you compare that to a tornado pilot and you compare that to a nurse and you compare that to a SIG, someone in the SIGs, they're all different people. Think about tech like that. So I I break it up into two, and this is probably not the right terminology. We use it in our business, um, but we break it up into two technical roles and then front of house roles. Now, front of house being anything from customer facing roles like sales, uh, customer success, marketing, you know, all of those different types of roles to like internal roles like chief people officers, HR, you know, all the way through to then your technical roles, which could be, you know, AI engineers, software engineers, data analysts, what, whatever whatever it is, that side, tech is so broad. The difference between a salesperson in a tech company and a software engineer is massive. They're completely different people generally. Different skill set, been through a different, different process. So don't look at tech as you need to be techie. I'm not techie. I, I, I'm 
I'm the founder of a tech company and I'm not techie. I didn't build the software. When I sold software, I didn't build the software. I understood the high level challenges of the customer. I understood the types of customers I was selling to. I understood how our different products could solve some of those challenges. I understood the return of investment or how to get to the return of investment. That's just me being a consultant and being smart enough to understand the the different elements of a of a sale. Exactly the same for all tech roles. You don't need to be a coding genius, an AI genius to get into the into the business. There are project managers, program managers, you name it, they're, they're there. And you don't have the same type of business. You've got enterprise organizations, massive businesses, AWS, Salesforce, Meta, you know, huge businesses working at one of those versus working at a 50-person startup or a 20-person startup. It's massively different. Whereas in a 50 or 20-person startup, you're a jack of all trades. You're doing everything. You're getting stuck into everything. You're learning quickly. I think it's to understand it properly and to understand tech, get into the functions and then understand the business sizes, I would say. I love that. Thank you so much for, for that, Ben. We're pretty much at the end of this episode, unfortunately, because I'm really enjoying talking to you. But as always, I have that one final question that I leave all my guests with. And that is, what would be your final tip, your final message to anybody that is maybe going through transition? Maybe they're just even thinking about it. You know, they're not sure what to do. What would be that final message to them? Yeah, I hate the I hate this networking, like the buzzword networking, because everybody says it. I didn't, I I didn't really, I've not really had to officially apply for a job since I got out, really because I put myself out there and speak to people and genuinely let go and give, give a shit and try and see what, how I can add value to their lives. So then, you know, maybe they're add some value to my life. It all comes back around. So I'd said this networking piece is like so cliche and everybody says it in the military community. Now I think it is true, massively important. Um, but if you are good at it and you are, you work hard and you're a good person and you're good at your job, people will, approach you for opportunity in the future and you'll find opportunity that you would never thought of in the past so that networking piece is key and then the other bit is don't undersell yourself don't don't lead on i want to i you know if i can just make ten thousand pound less than i'm earning right now i'm delighted i'd be delighted start to think about your worth um and, and start to you know really drill down on your experiences and your skills to see to see where it matches against different functions and industries so i'll give you two sorry great that's absolutely fine i love it thank you so much ben of course people who want to connect with you where can they do that linkedin i'm a linkedin fiend i do post quite a bit on linkedin so find me ben reed r-e-a-d uh, on linkedin i'd be i'd be delighted to chat perfect we will add your link in our show notes so that everybody can just click on your profile connect with you of course we will also make sure to link redeployable so that everybody can start to experience that redeployable experience i guess i don't know that came out wrong but you know what i mean people so again thank you ben for being with me today i really appreciate our conversation thanks so much for the invite rosie i appreciate it great thank you listeners for being with us as always and i'll see you next time bye Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And hey, remember to subscribe to our podcast to never miss any new releases and to share it with other veterans within your community. If you want to connect with the XMIL team, please visit our website 
www.ex-mil.co.uk or you can just connect with us on our LinkedIn page. Thank you so much and see you next time.